Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. If you enjoy true stories told with a distinctively New Zealand flavour, then I reckon you're going to like The Lip. Pinky put me onto it. She emailed about this independent, locally produced podcast she's hooked on after just three episodes because of the, quote, compelling local stories beautifully told. I listened to a few episodes myself and I reckon she's onto something. In a moment, I'll speak to The Lip's creator, journalist Megan McChesney, about the challenges of making an independent podcast in New Zealand. But first, I want to play you some of it. Here's part of The Lip's first episode. It's called Murder Under the Mountain, and it tells the story of Barbara Bishop, who's just seen one of her friends, Nikki Goodwin, being murdered. So now the killers want to get rid of Barbara too. It's pretty grim in places and it deals with violence, but here's an excerpt that just alludes to that. We drove into the township of Opanaki and the street lights were on, some of the shop fronts lights were on, I think it was about midnight. And we drove out to the beach cliff top and I knew where we were because I'd been there before. And Mark Goodwin got out of the car, dragged Nikki out of the back seat. And then I heard them whispering again because Jan York had followed us in the other car. So they took Nikki out of the back and Mark came into the driver's seat again. And he said, oh, well, we can't have that still on your arms. So he ripped the tape off my arms, dragged me over into the front seat and said, there you go, Barb, you can go home now and shut the door. And I was like... Is he really going to leave me there? Oh my God. Really? No, the car started moving. I tried the handbrake. I tried pushing the foot on the brakes. I tried everything to stop that car. Nah, wouldn't stop. And then I was flying over the cliff. Onto the rocks below. Mark and Jan's elaborate plan was to fake an accident for Barbara and Nikki, making it look like they had died after a drink and drugs bender. We will never know the exact reason why they didn't leave Nikki in the car with Barbara, but it could have had something to do with the head bashing they had already given Nikki. They didn't want an autopsy to reveal that her head injuries had not been caused by the crash. Whatever their reasoning, one thing was for sure. Barbara's chances of survival were now minuscule. The cliffs at Opanaki dropped 25 metres, that's 82 feet, into the famously wild west coast, the rocky, riptidal, untamable, dangerous west coast. When I went sailing over the cliff, I think I was in a lot of disbelief, like, is this really happening? I felt, when the car left the cliff, I felt like a little a jerking, And then when the car landed, it landed almost vertical and then rolled onto its roof. Openeka Beach is a rocky beach with huge boulders down the bottom as well. So 
yeah, I'm very lucky when I hit it that I didn't hit a huge boulder and it would have caved in everything. It landed in like a, a flattish, rocky place. I felt the jarring as it hit and then I felt my body roll. And then I just like couldn't believe I was alive for a start. And then I was just like, right, how am I going to get out of this? So my arm was trapped under the car door because the window had been open. When the car landed, the door opened a bit and my arm was actually stuck between the door and the car. The full weight of the car was lying on my arm, crushing it. I didn't feel the pain for a start. It wasn't till a little bit after that I felt the pain. But I do remember, because I was a smoker at the time, I found my smoke, so I was so excited. <laughs> There's a smoke, yay, where's my lighter? Oh, damn it, he took it, damn it. As the hours passed and knowing that the tide would soon be coming in, Barbara became increasingly desperate. Lying in that car trapped, I felt a lot of um, anger towards them and I remember thinking they're not going to get away with this, I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to get them. Um, but I was also trying to be practical, like how can I get out of this? And I thought like if I cut my wrist off I can pull my arm out so I grabbed some shattered windshield, tried to cut that. These are the things that go through your head when you're in survival mode. Oh, I'll just chop my wrist off, it'll be fine. It didn't work. Her arm remained trapped and the stark reality of her situation began to wash over her, like the incoming tide. The tide started coming in when it was still dark. So I didn't see it coming. I could hear the waves coming in and then, of course, you started getting a bit of water from the waves. And I do remember thinking, um, oh, God, well, this is it. Oh, well, say goodbye to the whole family. I said goodbye to everybody. Um, but the waves started getting higher and higher. And I do remember holding my breath and thinking, oh, God, I'll just take a gulp. Of, I'll just take a gulp in and it'll be over quick. The very next minute, and this is serious, the very next minute, a huge wave came in, lifted the whole car up and my arm was free. And I remember thinking, holy crap, I'm sure I felt someone lift me then. Someone saved me. I like to believe it was Nikki. Episode 1, Murder Under the Mountain. And here's another short clip from The Lip, episode 14, called The Book Thief. It's about a band called Dennis Gallagher and the steps he took to rescue some of his prized book collection just after the Christchurch earthquake of February 2011, with his home cut off and inaccessible behind a red zone cordon. I really wanted my books. I truly believed that that building would be taken down with prejudice and I wasn't willing to accept that. But there were military patrols to keep people out of harm's way and to prevent looting. We could see that the cordon was coming together and getting more efficient and, you know. But we kept talking about it and trying to come up with plans. And so it was that five days after the quake, Dennis found himself hiding in Hagley Park in the dead of night, about to launch a well-thought-out plan of action to steal his own books from his own apartment 
right under the nose of a military blockade. I dressed in black. I had a black athletic bag and I had stuffed into it those cloth bags that you get at the supermarket. I took along an extra pair of tennis shoes. There was no light in the park itself, so it was completely black in there. I crept up at that point to try to reconnoiter what was going on. I basically knew that at some point I had to come out of the park, cross the Avon River, cross Park Terrace to get into the building to do what I wanted to do. But there were military patrols. There were three soldiers stationed on the little walking bridge. So I snuck up on those three guys behind a utility shed where they couldn't see me. I just wanted to listen to them and see if they were active and alert or if they were just kind of relaxed and not paying attention. And they were just three young guys chatting about what 20-year-old guys chat about. I walked back into the darkness again and came down to the river and found a location where there were a lot of huge trees that had fallen over and they were all quite close to the edge of the river. So I stopped there and I began to watch and I stayed for about two hours and I just watched to see how frequently the military patrols went up and down Park Terrace, long enough to see that nobody was patrolling on this side of the river, long enough to get the sense that the three guys down on the bridge to my left were kind of relaxed. And after watching for a long time, I thought, well, this is probably enough. I should probably cross. But right about then, my cell phone, which I'd turned the sound off, but it was still on vibrate mode, started making a buzzing that sounded to me like everybody from here to Amberley could hear it. It was enormous. I thought, oh my God. So I pulled my phone out, and it was Colette, and she wanted to know if I'd gotten in yet. And I said, nope, but I'm going now. So there was no way around it. The difficult part was not to get across the river, because it's only 30 centimeters deep but to get up across Park Terrace, because it was still lit, the streetlights were still on, and as I said, patrols were infrequently running up and down. So I pulled my pant legs up, waded through the river, got to the other side, took off those tennis shoes, hung them on the outside of my bag, and put on my dry tennis shoes, and I was in reeds then, so I was hidden down in the reeds by the side of the river. And then I could see the soldiers on the bridge couldn't see me making the crossing because there were intervening trees but now it was time to get up out of the other side of the river and walk across Park Terrace in the light. And there was no way around it. It was going to be a matter of luck. From episode 14 of The Lip called The Book Thief, and The Lip's creator, Megan McChesney, told me how she started making this independent local podcast. I am a print journo by trade. I started out in newspapers, the Auckland Star, which isn't around anymore, and the Taranaki Herald, and then the New Zealand Herald. But I went into magazines about two decades ago and stayed. Back in about 2013, as you know, the internet, great disruptor, a wonderful thing, but it's disrupted so much, including traditional media. And there had been waves and waves of redundancies going through our building for quite a while, and then in 2013, it was my time to walk the plank. And I started freelancing, but I also knew that I kind of wanted to do something else and something a little bit exciting and something out of my comfort zone. And I did realise after a while that I was a mad podcastaholic and that there was something about podcasts that just 
God, what's the word? It just kind of, they kind of just hit my heart. I just couldn't get enough of them. And I thought, you know, I could do that. I have no audio experience whatsoever, but I've got all the storytelling chops, you know, having been a magazine journalist for, for decades. And one of my big passions in magazine journalism is telling the extraordinary stories of everyday people, you know, like the kind of magazines that I worked for, there was a big celebrity content, and that's fine, and that's fun. But for me, what really, really flipped my burger was these amazing stories that somebody, you know, that, that somebody's telling from their heart of an experience that they have lived. And I kind of thought, well, you know, I might give this a bash. You've got a great ability to tell a story, I've got to say, but how did you actually find these people? Where did you look for them? Some of them were stories that I was already aware of from my days in print journalism, like episode one, Murder Under the Mountain. That story was so powerful, and I remembered it so well from a little magazine that I used to edit called Lucky Break, and I thought, you know, I'm going to see if Barbara wants to tell her story in audio format. So some of them were ones that I was already aware of. Other ones are just ones that I, you know, you know what it's like. You read the paper as a journalist. You read a paper all the time. You're always you're always looking for little leads, and it's amazing how many little stories you can pick up from newspapers, magazines, just generally around the internet. How did you get word of the podcast out there? I've seen you've got some great reviews on iTunes, for example. How did it grow? Really organically. You know, one of the funniest things that happened to me was I think I've been going for about two or three months and, you know, I think the first episode I got something like 340 listens in that first month. And considering I didn't have a platform, I was starting from absolute scratch, I was quite chuffed with that. You know, because I had really no publicity to, you know, to, you know, to go on. I think I did a little bit of Facebook advertising to try to get the word out, but I figured eventually, if it was good enough, people, the you know, word of mouth would happen and people would start to listen. And then about, I think, at about the third month, suddenly I checked my statistics on SoundCloud and um, I'd suddenly doubled in listens. And I thought, oh, this is weird. Where's that come from? And I actually, <laughs> I actually sent SoundCloud a message saying. I think I might have a virus. <laughs> I've um, I've suddenly got all these listens that I can't work out where they've come from, and so they you know, they fossicked around and got back got back to me and said, no, 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 you're fine, everything's normal. And um, then I suddenly realised, oh, right. So what I hoped was going to happen actually did happen, and people are starting to talk about it. What had happened was that there's these little Facebook groups around of people who are mad about podcasts and there was this one Facebook group that somebody had mentioned my podcast in and so everyone else in that group had started listening and that had just kind of snowballed from there. When you're just a little indie you kind of go please listen to me, please listen to me. (laughs) Yeah it's it's difficult but Facebook is amazing like that, Um, social media is amazing like that. If people love you and they get passionate about you, they do want to sing you from the from the rooftops. So it sounds like you went into this project with a kind of storytelling itch you needed to scratch, but has it actually turned into a way for you to make any money or to cover your costs? Or how does the financial side of things stack up? At the moment, it's definitely more than anything 
a passion that I hope will grow into something that I don't think is ever going to make me rich. I think that it would be really, really nice if it made me enough money that I could get by on it. I guess the two avenues I can see in the future for revenue are one, NZ On Air, because these are absolutely riveting stories about everyday New Zealanders from every walk of life, from all over the country. I fly all over the country to interview them face to face. But the other obvious avenue is advertising. And there are now starting to be these businesses and international businesses popping up where they offer advertising to smaller podcasts like mine, where they might, you know, you know, there'll be an advertiser who wants a certain reach, and so they might gather together five smaller podcasts and get them all to run that one ad. You know, you can sign up for little businesses like that. So that's something to consider long term as well. You haven't had kind of MailChimp on the phone or any well-known brands of mattress? <laughs> Not yet, but here's hoping. <laughs> the Lips host and creator Megan McChesney. Megan's also prepared a list of some of her favourite podcasts with a brief description of each on our website now. Just go to radionz.co.nz forward slash podcast hour and you can also find details of how to listen to more of The Lip and subscribe. And finally, thanks for the listening recommendation to Pinky and for putting us onto The Lip and let me know when you next hear something good at pods at radionz.co.nz. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.